Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everyone and welcome to the trek culture podcast is it episode two is it episode 20 we really don't know where to start counting from uh, i am your host sean ferrick my co-host my partner in crime my owner of a fantastic beard tom is here as well hello tom hello my darling i showed the last episode to my wife and as soon as you said my name wrong for a second they went um and then you instantly changed it and i was like don't worry he gets it don't worry so it's good we've got a running gag from the the, the set off i suppose this is this this is good because like yeah sure like i both want to be the object of rage but also find my way back out of there again. But yeah. speaking of someone who has raged at me before, I don't know. We are joined <laughs> by our very special guest, who is our very special presenter on the channel, the very special Brie Beecher. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you today? Very good. Better for seeing you. Aww. Aww. You should Ooh. come back and visit now. Hey, you can come visit too. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that goes to everyone who's listening to this episode. <laughs> we're, all, we're sort of all over the place at the moment, aren't we? I'm in the middle of England. Uh, Sean is on an island north of Scotland. Yeah, I'm on one of the Hebrides. So uh, just because I don't stay anywhere longer than a week. <laughs> yeah. And Bree is in Florida. Where in Florida are you? I assume it is Florida, um, right? Yeah, it's Florida. It's right on the panhandle in the Gulf. So it's smel- smoldering. It's so hot all the time. So yeah. humid <laughs> all the time. Do you have air conditioning in your where you live? Um, some people do. Some people don't. I My house has air conditioning. My friend's house, uh, he moved, but I, I don't think either of his houses have central AC. They only have window units. Right. We yeah. have uh, fans that blow hot air around the house. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what the window units do in Florida. <laughs> yeah. There's really no AC you can pull from the outside that's going to be any cooler than the inside. Yeah. Well, talking about hot, Sean, let's get straight onto our hot topic. Hey! Oh, <laughs> seamless, seamless topic. I've done this before. Uh, our hot topic is since our last episode we have a new episode of star trek 
Would you believe that bloody franchise is still going? Uh, yes, Strange New Worlds has returned with its debut episode of season two. And let's get into it. What did we think? My brain is a little foggy because I just woke up this morning, whereas you guys are ending the day. Uh, and I watched it yesterday, but um, I, I did like it. I thought I thought that um, Nurse Chapel and Dr. Umbega, in Dr. Umbenga's scene were like, that was probably one of my favorite parts. Like I, I just, it was so fun watching them kick ass. Yeah, I have, I have mixed feelings towards that. Speci- yeah. I have mixed feelings towards the episode, but towards that specifically. Yeah, I mean, at one point, I think what went through my mind is, I'm like, are they, are they just taking an adrenaline shot? And then they just went ham, and I'm like, okay, that was at least very fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, at that point, I, I think I like phased out for a moment. And then my brain kicked back in. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't actually know <laughs> happening. And, and I was like, this is kind of silly. We should we should explain for people that haven't watched it, if, if you haven't watched it, spoilers, lol. But, yeah, um, massive spoilers, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we probably should have said that. Uh, expect spoilers <laughs> for every new episode discussion, obviously. Um, I think if you want to skip it, then skip maybe 15, 20 minutes and, and listen to the rest of the episode. There's a fight scene with Dr. Mbenga and Nurse Chapel with a bunch of Klingons. Um, obviously, people who know me, I'm very happy to see Klingons get beaten up. <laughs> but I, I, I was like, what is happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening for so long? 20 minutes. It was this, really long. <laughs> yeah, it felt like 20 minutes of the episode. It's just fighting Klingons. It was so strange. I think yeah. the reason I liked it is because it kind of harkened back to like original series every time they'd run into Klingons and it just like devolved into fisticuffs somewhere in the episode. Mm. Like it was just, I, I kind of liked that where it's like, it was goofy back then. And like, yeah, even in better graphics, it's still kind of goofy now. And that makes it fun. I really like that. If you look closely in the background of every shot, someone's there with a torn shirt or, you know, <laughs> like, um, I, I would be, I would be a bit like you, Tom. I would be a bit con- like, I did like the episode. I didn't love the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought there was a lot of fun. Like the, the Chaplin and Benga scenes were a lot of fun. I think nearly some of the strongest scenes of the episode are the Chaplin and Benga ones. Yeah. Um, the rest is kind yeah, of yeah. forgettable. It was a bit. We covered this I think all. that's where my problem came in, where I was like, I watched the episode. Oh, God, what happened in the episode? I know I didn't hate yeah. it. But there, there is a bit of that. So obviously, just to everyone assisting as well, we've started our ups and downs series as well. So I've already, we, we've I've kind of gone into detail about the the episode and the ups and downs, but a sort of a, uh, like a little kind of a clip notes version of it. I didn't love stealing the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a lot of people have pointed out as well, like yes, we've had uh, we've we've already had Spock steal the Enterprise before, back in the Menagerie, um, steals it to bring uh, Pike back to Talos. So it's like okay, so Spock's records against him. Well, I mean, I know that's ahead of this in terms of star dates, but you know what I mean. But how often is this ship going to get stolen? And that was that was kind of my first like, oh, okay. Um, plus, I didn't like the fact that Anne's on shore leave, so April just says, "Yeah, not my problem." Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't love that. Now I must say, um, I love the Klingon D seven. I love it. I love it. I love it. Whatever else is going on in the episode, I'll just be <laughs> like, mm, "Is the Klingon D seven here yet?" Yeah, I love this. It was strange because, like we were saying, we'd forgotten most of the rest of the episode. Imagine forgetting most of the scenes where they steal the Enterprise. That should be one of the most memorable parts of it. But because it sort of just happened really nearly, um, and for like the millionth time in Star Trek, you're <laughs> like, oh yeah, they've stolen it. Okay, 
why it doesn't matter it's it just felt a bit like the whole episode felt a bit like well a weird way to start the season there's a few things they want to do and they're like yeah. oh let's get these characters out of the way so they're not in it and we need this to happen so let's just steal it because and and then we need them to fight Klingons for ages and they just can and lots of strange things like that. I should say though, <clears throat> on the fighting thing as well. So sort of the first half of it, I was like, this is strange. But the second half, the you have to forgive me, the the actor who plays um Dr. Mbenga. Um Babs, yeah. Yeah. His character, for me now, I think would make an amazing Star Trek action hero. Oh yeah, like the the sort of tortured hero. It just the way he his his acting hit the things that he does with his eyes. You can see the depth of his character, and plus the way he fights. I was like, great, either make this character this from now on, or or have him play something else. Like, I just I really liked that aspect, and it took a while for me to come round to it. But I was like, oh, actually, that's really cool. And I'll be interested to know if they do something more with this. Yeah, I I agree. Um, he plays it so well. Uh, at so many parts of the episode, um, but particularly when he's treating that Klingon um, and he goes, oh, I know you're lying. You would be dead if you were at this battle. And he's just like cold, well, not coldly, but calmly, like the, there was so much blood in the air. There was uh, the rain turned red. And of course, the Klingon's just like my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, he absolutely plays it well. I would say we, th- this is actually not a, it's going to sound like a good play, but it's not. We could have done with more of that in season one. And I would like to see more of that going forward in season two. Not like, oh, I'm tortured. I can never do anything. It's like, no, I am living with this trauma. And I am still an incredibly skilled professional. And I, I can do whatever I do. And whenever I get a shot of adrenaline, just get out of my way. I like this aspect of the character because I did not like the aspect of the character. It's like, oh, hey, I keep my daughter in the transporter. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming that's gonna that story arc will end at some point. Um, oh, it did. It, it, it did. Yeah, uh, she oh, did it? turned into an energy yeah, being she... and floated off into space with her imaginary friend. What episode was that? I don't even remember. <laughs> that was the um, Elysian, the that one, the Elysian Kingdom. Yeah, Elysian Kingdom. Yeah, I was like Elysian something. Oh. It was the end of that one. That's how that whole thing came into being. It was the energy being was like. Hey, we're gonna make this fairy tale for her, and then it's like, why are you keeping her in here? And then she's oh. like, yeah, I can make her better, but she has to become an energy being and float through time and space forever with me. Okay, she basically becomes one of the prophets. Yeah. I remember the episode. I don't remember that happening. And this yeah, is the very end. Yeah, here's the great segue: is that's kind of my opinion on Strange New Worlds. I remember the a few cool little details and set pieces here and there, but most of the story and most of the characters sort of wash over me which is my fear going into this season, because if if the rest of the season goes by this first episode, then I'm a bit worried for where it, what's going to happen to the show. One of you said uh, that it didn't feel like a season one episode, and I think that's one of the things that I can absolutely agree with it. I think kind of falls on the downside of the start of season two is the only thing in the entire episode that made it feel like a season opener was the hint at the Gorn ship at the end. But I feel like everything else, it felt like a episode two or three of season two. It didn't feel like the opener. And yeah, it was so, a little forgettable in, in moments. And like Tom said, yeah, that is a little worrying if that's the first episode. So further to that, so 
we as reviewers were lucky enough that yes i have seen some of the next few episodes coming and my opinion is firmly they started with the wrong episode mm-hmm. um so uh and, and that's not a this is bad it's just like i just think it's in the wrong place yeah um uh because it's it's exactly like uh, brie you described it perfectly there like it doesn't scream season opener it's an adventure episode you know there's nothing wrong with that and you know we go into this we're like right okay pike's going off to see if he can help una and you know we've got the new engineer who we see for actually all of about three minutes and, and it's just like do it maybe it was a, maybe even episode two you know um maybe swap places uh or or, or something like but yeah that was that was because that was my first thought when i first watched it i was just like it's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But it does, it's done nothing to sate what the end of season one left me with. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That's how I feel as well. Something. So the thing about Strange New Worlds that is my main gripe of it in general is uh, the writing and, and, the, and the writing of the characters and dialogue. There was a moment in season one, and tell me if I was having a fever dream when Uhura said Uhura for the win. Was that I a think line that was she said? She did. If not, it was something for the win. Yeah, it was something like that. And it really threw me off. And it was like a good example of what I didn't really like about the writing. And the if dialogue. it wasn't her, if it wasn't her, it was um was it like a pilot. Uh, Erica. It, it might have been Erica. Right. It was, it was one of the one of the female bridge officers. It actually well, feels like something the the way. Excuse me, the way Erica's written, that feels like that mm-hmm. is something. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't remember that being said. I absolutely believe that it was said. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the more I've thought about it, the more I've gone like, maybe I made that up. But I, but I really <laughs> feel like that happened. People listening, feel free to tweet us over and over again until I say we were wrong. But that sort of encapsulated the, 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 what I didn't like about the writing and the dialogue is that everyone was a bit quirky, off the wall. And it's been said a lot about most new shows of that sort of um, underhand everything with a joke mentality that we do in writing now, which is fine here and there. And maybe if there's a character that that's their character, then fine. But I get a bit tired of it because I, I don't really feel like I'm immersed into the world of, of these like professional Starfleet officers, even if you're young and you, you know, you've got flaws here and there or whatever, when it's everybody, you know, Pike included, it just gets a bit like, okay, is this like a Saturday morning cartoon? <laughs> like I don't know, and maybe I'm being too harsh, but it's just it's just what what I don't enjoy about it. Um, everything else about it, great. <laughs> everything else I think is amazing, but that's like the main gripe of mine. And I was worried about that in season two, and I actually think they didn't do it so much in this first episode. It was it was a bit here and there, but it wasn't like a thing that I was noticing. But on the flip side, it was also a little boring the episode. So I don't know if it needed more of that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's yeah. I'd be interested to see. Like, I felt there was some padding going on. Now, you've already mentioned as well that the Mbenga and Chapel scenes—they go on for as long as they do. And you know, oftentimes there will be a situation where we're like, "All right, Sean, well, what would you cut out?" I'm like, you could have cut at least three or four minutes of just the fisticuffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's true because at one point I actually remember. I was like, oh, it's over. And then they round the corner and then there's more and they're like, oh, it's starting to wear off and all this stuff. And I'm like, there's still more fighting happening? Yeah. Because I thought it happened. I thought it was over when they rounded the corner and then there was more. So I could definitely see like taking out that second half where it's like nothing really changed. They still got there regardless of it wearing off or not. Like that was like an extra two minutes. That I can totally see. When when an action sequence doesn't like viscerally give you any sort of feeling or emotion that's when you know that it's like 
failing because then mm. you're sort of just wasting time. Um, it feels a bit like this sort of second and third Matrix film when you're just watching people flip around the screen for a while and you're like, I, I don't feel anything. So that's a shame, um, especially for people that think there's too much action in Star Trek. Like that, that could have been such an interesting action set piece, but it just went on for too long. Yeah, but I should cut say, it where they were on so, the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Klingons don't like Klingons, as we all know. But I like the Klingons in this episode because they felt like more like pirates, similar to sort of Star Trek Three, which is what I like my Klingons to be. Goofy, fun pirates. When it's an episode and it, it's everything's beige and it's just talking about honor for an hour, yeah, that's what yeah, I, don't I don't like. like. Those. I hate those episodes. Yeah, but but this I is not really episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I, I totally agree. Like I love the I do love the TNG DS9 era Klingons. Um, they were because they're the ones I grew up with. You know, I think that's the, so that's always been imprinted on me. Um, whereas these are they have the look of the uh, obviously more movie TNG era, but there's still so much original series to it, and, but still even a bit more gruff. You know, like if, yeah. if you remember Errand of Mercy, I mean, Kor could have been any alien race. They just said Klingon. Yeah, cool. All right. They're, they're, they're called Klingons. And like, I like, gosh, they were still figuring out what Klingons were at that point. I don't think it will shock anyone. This is not going to be a controversial statement didn't love the discovery Klingons um, got better as it went along discovery season two. I think they found a really good balance, but uh, that's where I sort of was like, oh, God. I mean, like, yes, Takuvma, we get it. You know, okay, less that's, that's fine. It's been 302 hours, you know, is anything going to, so yeah, that kind of thing. This was fun. Let's drink, let's fight, let's do yeah. what Klingons do, you know? So I'd, if there's more, if there's more Klingons like that, <laughs> I'm fine with it. Okay, is there anything else about the episode we we haven't discussed? Lack of Pike did that? Did yeah. anyone? Do you feel any kind of st- strong one way or the other about that? I don't really feel like I noticed that much that he wasn't there when because Spock was such a focus of the episode. Mm. I don't know. I feel like it didn't really impact me too much. I didn't really think about it. I think it would have been more interesting if. I mean, like we've said many times, the episode was more interesting. But if you have a, if you know, the first episode of the season, they've clearly gone, you know, Pike's not in this, right? This is about the rest of the crew. Fine. If that episode is a fun, interesting episode about the rest of the crew, we're seeing the different kind of, you know, quirks and personalities from them that are linked to the episode, then that would be interesting. But because it's just Kirk's not here and then things are happening and then it's done. It's like a bit, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, so I said Kirk, Pike. It's all the same. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like they made a little bit of a deal that Pike's not in the episode. So if it, if it was just a little more interesting, I think that would have been fine. But it, it wasn't a huge deal. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Uh, because, it, like I said, Ethan Peck is great in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. I I can already see... If if it remains, if this version of Spock remains as emotional as he is as the season goes on, I can see that becoming divisive because this is a direct lead on from the episodes, uh, the one with the, uh, the all those who wonder. I don't mind it, um, and and I think he sells it in his performance. 
And I'm now just remembering that scene in the trailer where he does that kind of like victory kind of punches the air little dance thing, um, which was not in this episode. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling there's going to be some happy Spock later on, which I'm fine <laughs> with. Um, yeah. I'm not, you know, like Vulcans can smile in my world. I don't mind. Out of 10, what are we giving this first episode of season two of Strange New World, starting with Brie? Probably put it middle of the road, like a six. Didn't blast me out of the water, but it wasn't horrible. It was okay. I'm going to come in at a six because I think, I feel like a five is too harsh. That's how I thought it was middle of the Well, I'm going to be the bastard and I'm going to give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a six. It definitely, there were, it was like, for me, it was close to being a six. But by the time the episode ended, I didn't really feel much. And I thought, you know, five. Five will do. For over two centuries, you're listening to the Federation News Network. To everyone listening, I've been off in the middle of a sea somewhere for the last week. So I've been in a sort of on a bit of a, a digital blackout. Yeah. Um I, I got to watch the episode though. That was fun. And yeah. I know that already gameplay, I think, of uh Star Trek Infinite is being released. If that's something ah oh, brilliant. Yes, okay. Nice segue. So Tom, do you have any news there? <laughs> yes. There's been some gameplay released for the new Star Trek Infinite game. I say gameplay, it's very minuscule. It's still a very short trailer. Uh but the gameplay, if any of you uh, anyone any of you or anyone listening has played Solaris, I, I have a tiny bit. It's it, it's what you expect. Little ships moving about, and and these kind of games, I make fun of my friend for it, but I call them uh, menu screen the game because it's just menus. And if you're into those types of games, then you have a great time. I'm not. I'm dyslexic and I get bored very easily. So <laughs> menu screens, I'm like, okay, I I can screw this. It's like when they try to make me read in a video game. I do not care. Um, but yeah, so it, it's that type of thing. There's ships. They're moving about in space. I think I've actually got a question later on that I'll uh, read out when we get to it. But I do think that this is an interesting and and probably a good place to to go with a Star Trek game because if you're into the boring Star Trek stuff, then this is your game. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it it is that sort of thing. It's it's making your your you know armada it's uh building things in space it's taking over different parts of of the galaxy and stuff so great star trek uh, i know brie you're much more of a gamer than I, I am a huge gamer but i can't think of a single game that i play that even remotely resembles that i mean for a <laughs> while like I, I haven't really seen the trailers for this yet but i mean as you were explaining it because i don't uh the game you mentioned i've actually never played that but as you were mentioning i'm like kind of sounds like starcraft in a way but then you started talking and i was like oh gosh now it's kind of sounding like like no man's sky and starcraft because you said like menu the game i mean don't get me wrong i love no man's sky but it's very much like a menu game but it's but starcraft is the much more you know positioning armies and stuff but you know i don't play starcraft and that game doesn't sound like anything I've ever played, but that doesn't mean I won't play it. <laughs> Have you ever played um, Civilization before? Yeah, 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 yeah. More of that kind of thing. Okay, I see, say. I could get behind that, I think, because, like, yeah. I, I mean, I like the zoo building games. I used to yeah, play yeah. Uh, Civilization when I was younger. Like, God, I don't even know which one that would have been back in the like, late 90s. But, 
like the city builder on the old computers. I used to do those games. Like mm-hmm. that's where I got my start, like sitting in my dad's friend's uh, computer room when they would like watch a movie or something. I'd play like the cityscape builder or like Sim City or whatever. Um, N64 is. Yeah. I mean, if that's what it's like, I'd probably love a game like that. Yeah. It's the type of game that like for me, you want to have a, a small group of friends and you're going to play it for like the next four hours. It's not a sort yeah. of game you can hop on and play. So you need to be like, I'm going to be in Star Trek world for the next like half of the day. Uh, if it's something- anything like Tekken 3, I'll love it. <laughs> uh, I don't think it is. I don't think so. Oh, no. God, you, you, no. you don't have Picard, you know, using martial arts against Kirk. Oh, my God. Picard using martial Dude, arts against we Kirk. Should, we, Why does this no, game not exist? I was just about to say, wait, hold on a second. A Star Trek fighting game actually Wait, wait. Dope. We have a question all about this later on. Save it, save it, because okay. we, we can get to it. <laughs> Something else I read. There's not much news at the moment, really. Obviously, I think because Strange New Worlds is out. There's not much they're sort of talking about. But I did read last week there was an article saying that the a new the new like Kelvin Star Trek movie would have been out around now if it was a thing. Oh do you know I I hadn't read that article, but I do remember hearing way back when a date had been so actually, yeah, that would have been around now, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I'll quickly just look online. Um but I really wish the Kelvin universe wasn't so unbelievably dead. Yeah. yeah. I remember years ago and I don't, I think it was like a rumor got put around that, um, Oh gosh, who directed Django and Pulp Fiction. Oh, and Tarantino. Tarantino. I, there was a rumor going around for a while that Tarantino was going to take up the next movie. Yeah. That was so fun. I think there was, I think discussions yeah. actually happened. Yeah. Like it, Cause uh, I think it, he really it, did want to, it was just, yeah. that's the last I actually, truly heard about any rumors about the movie was back when they were like you know tarantino might do this one <laughs> yeah but from what i heard it was going to be like tos tos era mm-hmm. like he had no interest in, in kelvin time or anything yeah i also i've heard that he has crazy ideas every once in a while and is like i'm gonna do this thing and then just completely <laughs> abandons it yeah sounds sounds right <laughs> so he's like me you know? yeah <laughs> He probably was very up for doing it. And it was probably, I wonder if it was going to be violent in that sort of. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It has to be. I mean, I can't think of a Tarantino movie that doesn't have blood splatter somewhere. And zooming in on all of the female characters' feet. Yes. (laughs) That too. That too. Or when he subs in to do the toe sucking. (laughs) (laughs) and, And yet, that is a completely accurate statement. That is the crazy thing. Like, you know, <laughs> no, it is. He was like, no, I want to be the person who rubs your feet in this scene. That's going to be my hands, not the actor. Yeah. I, I had and like to each their own, <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> I had a weird thing like a few months ago. I messaged my friend and I was like, isn't that mental that that like that's just a known thing? Like surely in in like the next film when he wants to put some weird foot fetish scene in, why does no one go, Tarantino, no. Stop, like, we know what you're doing. (laughs) This is public knowledge. We can't keep doing this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, right, Cargo Bay 101 has a very simple premise. We have a cargo bay into which our lovely guest will put something. Then we will vote to see if we then take it back out of Cargo Bay 101 or if we depressurize that mother and blast it out into space never to return ever again. Um, we've had some very interesting things back on, uh, on, on the older podcast. We've had some very interesting things put in there. Some were saved, some were airlocked. So I'm very interested to hear what you want to put in there. Well, I guess hopefully it's not a repeat. Um, I would love to see Neelix get spaced, put him in there. I don't want to see him ever again. <laughs> He's my least favorite character in all of Star Trek. The episode where he got his lungs taken out, I was like, yes, he's <laughs> gone, finally. And then they found a way to get him back. And I was like, God, this sucks. And then he got turned into Tuvix. And I'm like, yes, it sucks about, you know, sucks about uh, Tuvok. But God, at least we don't have Neelix anymore. And then I was like, oh, they're mine. And then he finally leaves at the end, like, like six episodes before the end. And I was like, they waited so long to do that. They could have done that in, in season one. And I would have been so happy. It's Ooh, okay. I hate him. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've heard some Neelix hate. It, it used to be all the rage, but people have sort of forgiven him for a while, I think. I've tried I've watched Voyager so many times. And every time I'm like, I will I will let I will try and like Neelix this time. And I can't do it. I really can't. 22 years after the show has gone off the air and it's still fresh inside you. So, I mean, if anything, I've got to respect Neelix for inspiring such vitriol <laughs> two decades after the show's finished. That was funny. I was just thinking as you were talking about that episode, Mortal Coil from season four, where he actually legitimately full on dies. Yes. And, then and I'm like, yes. Nanoprobes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is he... Is he the most annoying, like, main character in all of the shows? Is there anyone worse? Not to me. To me, Neelix is far and beyond the most annoying character in all of Star Trek, to me. Like, so not, I, not only main character, all characters for you, he's the worst. Yeah, I think he, in my opinion, I think he's the most annoying character in all of Star Trek. I have never, there's not an episode of Neelix that I enjoy. 
Like I, I'm so happy when Neelix doesn't show up in an episode. And I, I, I knew this would be, I said, I'd be stirring the pot here because I've tried, I've seen Voyager so many times and I want to love all Star Trek characters. I want to, but I cannot love Neelix. It's not even that he's annoying too. It's like they brought him in in the most uncomfortable way. And it's so hard to recover from that to begin with. It's like, Mm -hmm. here's my prepubescent girlfriend. It's not even that she's two. Like, okay, aliens age differently. No, she's not just two. She's two and prepubescent. Like he's dating a prepubescent alien. I don't care (laughs) what you say. She's prepubescent. Fucking all. Like, dude, I cannot stand. And it's so hard to recover from that. So for me, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, they break up. Sure, whatever. He's still so annoying for the rest of the episode. That is true. I mean, yeah, I think they break up when she's this many. Yeah, uh, she's like... this this old, three. <laughs> <laughs> I, One year after she reaches puberty. I have to agree. I mean, um, God love poor Ethan Phillips when he, when he was handed that script. As yeah. A, I, Sorry. And yeah, nothing against the actor at all. My gosh, no. But the character, you can only do so much with a character whose intro is, here's my prepubescent girlfriend. You know, Neelix is very happily living on that Talaxian colony with Dexa, I believe her name is. Um, And therefore, if we were to airlock him, he would just be blasted back home again. So that would be fine. (laughs) It's true. It's true. When I was younger, I used to confuse him with the doctor from enterprise i used to I th- not like him but i came around to him after like my second watch through which i wished had yeah. happened with neelix but i couldn't yeah that's what i was going to say you, you after a while you realize that his character is is different and yeah. other than the smile thing that freaks me out every time like he is <laughs> <laughs> he is an interesting character yeah he used to i used to get scared there's the, the part in the grinch where jim carrey jim carrey's grinch like smiles at the camera mm-hmm. And I used to hide every time that bit <laughs> happened. It used to scare the crap out of me. I don't know why. It is terrible. And it, it's it's so well done. I love Jim Carrey in that movie. But uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean about Phlox and Neelix. I think the first couple of episodes, um, there was that kind of, ah, and here's the Neelix of Enterprise. And thankfully, very quickly on, I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like there's not really much question as to what's happening with Neelix in this cargo bay. But um, like, I, I, I think it's what I get very quickly into Enterprise was like, oh no, 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 no. Flox, very different type of character, very confident. I think when I first watched Enterprise, I didn't like him only because he was quirky, like, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in like a weird way that I wasn't expecting. But I didn't I didn't hate him viscerally like I hated Neelix. I didn't like wish I didn't like get to the episodes where he was in danger and be like, yes, go through with it. Like, but I, I, I you know, my second watch through, I was like, oh, wait, no, I actually really like Flops. Like, he's a cool character. I really enjoy him. The quirky is fun, but the quirky is not fun with Neelix. What's the point of Neelix? Is he yeah. the comedy character? Because if that's the case, like other characters like the uh, the Doctor quickly surpass mm-hmm. him in actual yes. comedy rather than just goofiness. Is, is that it? Is that all he is? I don't even think that's the case. I think they had a character where they were like, yeah, he's going to be the goofy one, but it's like, oh, he's goofy and he has a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I I, know he does mean well, like at all moments he means well, but in doing so, he's also some of the most, it's some of his most <laughs> annoying is when he means well and he just takes it too far. It's like, you know, 
and, and, you know, they do redeem him in some episodes after doing all that, where it's like, you know, when they had to do, they had to evacuate and he had to stay in sick bay and he was annoying the doctor and he was like bringing all of his stuff in and, and, you know, having everyone stay there. It's like, yeah, people do need to stay there, but my gosh, can you be a little less annoying to the doctor about it? Like, it's, it was that- and I know it's all like, oh, we're going to be happy and peppy. It's one of those people, the people who smile all the time, there's something wrong with them. It's yeah. that. When That's the mentality that- I feel with him. He's too happy all the time. There's something wrong. Those people that are walking down the street alone, smiling the entire yeah. time. Like, it's what is terrifying. Going on? Yeah. There's, there's, Why are you happy? What is there to be happy about? <laughs> right. There was a couple of really great missed opportunities with Neelix. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that the character never really went anywhere, but they're around season three. I think it's season three. They get to an area of space, which basically Neelix hasn't been further. And then, and there is a good episode in that where, you know, they're kind of, you know, they're doing this and that to get a map so he can still feel useful mm-hmm. and everything. And then it's just, never mentioned again as unfortunately happened rather a lot on voyager um things would happen in one episode and just which anyway that's another thing but then another thing is the complete another ptsd he's living with from the war you know the episode trail uh jetrell sorry the metreon cascade all of his family are gone and again every now and again you get little hints of that and it's never really addressed. And it's, you know, these two things are. That would easy. be a good story. It would be, you know, coming, you know, learning to be useful again. I mean, he was part of, I think he was part of the Talaxian. I might be getting the name wrong, but the Talaxian Imperial Guard or something like he was, he was, he was fighting in this war. And he goes from, or we're told he goes from fighter, protector, whatever, to junk trader. Okay. And then zany sort of whiskery thing yeah that's the thing is like they could have expanded on all this back like they you know they mentioned it like one time why don't we do an episode focusing on something that makes him a more like relatable or redeeming or enjoyable or established character rather than the character who has 10 jobs because he wants to feel useful and he can't fit in any one role because then that role gets filled by someone else and then he doesn't feel useful there. So then he goes to something else. And it's like, you know, diplomat, morale officer, like he cook, like it's, it's like they just wanted to find a place to put him at any given moment is what it kind of feels like when there's, I don't know. I just feel like they wanted him everywhere to do everything. But what they didn't do is like expand in ways that would have made the character a fun character to get to know and watch rather than here's all your chores. You're going to be the chore person on the ship we could have been like, hey, you know, we get that you're trying to boost morale. What in your life made you so that you want everyone else to be happy? But they don't ever really hit on that. They're just like, yeah, it happened. And that's why. When I first watched episodes of uh, Voyager with my dad, uh, he was the character that made me go, this show kind of stinks, which I don't think now, but at the time. Yeah. When you're like new to Star Trek and that's what you're faced with, you're like, "I what is this? <laughs> yeah. So... I think I know what to do with him. I don't know about you, Sean. Oh, I, I, I've been just, my hand has been waiting on the console <laughs> to, to, you know, <laughs> open the doors and let him go home.
Oh, I've opened Hailing Frequencies, and for some reason, I'm just looking at the Twitter thread that I've got on my phone. Uh, <laughs> I we have got a hashtag Ask Trek Culture uh, going on on Twitter at the moment. So, if you want to ask questions, you can, and we will read them out at the end of the episode, which we are doing today. Um, considering this is our second episode, this is actually the first time we have questions from Twitter. So thank you guys for doing that and uh, make sure you ask away. There's a few questions I haven't picked just because we got a few today. Um, and I, but feel free to ask them again, or I might choose them again for our next episode um, because they were all pretty good. But I will start with this one. This is from at Matt Hunter 09. Given the talk of recent Trek games, what style of game do you think Trek suits best? We haven't had a decent FPS since Elite Force, for example a follow-up to The Amazing Bridge Commander or Star Trek Armada. So we were talking a little bit about this earlier. You guys mentioned uh, a beat-em-up. Is that what uh, Tekken is? Yes. Yeah, that's a, yeah. a punching game, uh, punching and kicking game. I've just reduced <laughs> an entire video game series to they, they, they do the punchy thing. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, I'd be like, yeah, give us yeah, give us Tekken, give us Mortal Kombat, but like, you know, play as to cut. Yeah. You know? Or Versus like, Nog. Can. <laughs> Um, like bonus points if you can slap the little uh, the SETI eel into your opponent's ear. Oh, yeah. You could have young Picard and an old Picard, and old Picard's finisher is him just sort of getting confused because he's old and senile. He doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> and they oh, sort of give up on him. <laughs> wow. I thought you guys, you have young Picard versus a Nausicaan. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, w- I would have said like a Mass Effect style game, but they just did that. Um, I also would say oh, yeah. I would like I wish I wish 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 with all my heart that the Star Trek MMO was better because I'm a huge MMO gamer. Like it's it's where all of my life gets sucked. And I wanted to like that one more. So I guess I would have to say if we could do No Man's Sky three years down the line when they made like all the extra expansions and made the game the awesome game it is today like it, it skipped the whole first year or so <laughs> if if we could do a game like that where it's simply just like going and exploring the different worlds all throughout the federation or pretty much what star trek is like you get in your ship and you go to an undiscovered planet and i mean which i'm literally just explaining <laughs> no man's sky but do that but star trek yeah. because you can put planets in that are you know, you could put Ryza in, you could put uh, Kronos in, you could put Earth, you could put Vulcan, you could put all of these planets in and you could visit them. But you can also put just as many demon class or M class or L class planets that you can just go and explore and get like dilithium from and stuff. I think No Man's Sky is probably the perfect game to put a, a Star Trek skin on. And they've mm. already done, I, I'm surprised they've never done like a collab thing because like they've collabed with Mass Effect where you got to see Normandy come into orbit during uh, that event. They've done another collab with someone else. They're like big, they're big like space nerds. So just put that in a Star Trek skin, and I'll be happy. Yeah, I guess the question for a Star Trek game is, do we do big or do we do small? Do we do... Yeah. Do we do you you play as a a faction um, and you're more worried about the huge sort of picture of who, um, where are you in the quadrant, etc.? Or is it like you are a person and you belong to this, you know, thing and you have to do more like a like a witcher type of game something yeah. like that where like you have quests and missions and things that would be fun 
Yeah. I believe video games are good. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Glad to be a part of things, you know. <laughs> uh, next question. This is from at Goodwill None. Would you guys be interested in seeing a mini series focusing on the Earth Romulus War? I've always felt this is a major event in Trek that needs to be explored as it shapes a quadrant. Sean is nodding. Very, Very aggressively. Very. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is a massive gap in a huge gap in what yeah in like what we've seen and the fact that obviously enterprise was setting it up you know and then and then the race you know ratings anyway uh yes absolutely and i think a mini series would be perfect because it doesn't need to be much as i love enterprise it doesn't need to be the enterprise it doesn't need to be the hero ship of the fleet and a mini series quite frankly it could end with ship being destroyed but you know, it's that's something I would love to see explored. Um, there's so much between the end of Enterprise and the start of TOS that's just it's gold for storytelling, and we don't have it. I, I, I would I would love to see a miniseries. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to. I don't think we need a whole show unless you're saying it's just going to be a one season show. But then, yeah, just call it a miniseries. Like, um, and I think a you know a movie wouldn't be enough. So I do think a miniseries would probably be the best way to address it. And yeah, it's it's this huge gap in story that we hear about and that was set up for. But then in all the years of Star Trek, we've never, ever done anything with it. There's never been a movie. There's never been a show. There's never been. I mean, I think does does Star Trek Online do anything with it? I mean, I, I don't even know if in the temporal story you go and you do anything with it. Like, I don't even think Star Trek Online has a a storyline associated with it. Like, it's just a gap. I could be wrong because I haven't played excessive amounts of that game, but I do watch content on it and I have played like the expansions and I don't remember <laughs> that happening. If it did, it was past where I would have played. I don't think they covered, I don't think they covered the Earth Romulus War. I know yeah. they do cover stuff with Sela and, you know, post Nemesis. Yeah. But yeah, not the as far as I know, not the Earth Romulus. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. As far as I know, I don't think any Star Trek has ever covered it at Alpha or Beta, unless we're talking books. I'm sure there's books out there. This is from at Tourist Call, I think it is. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Hi, Call. Uh, do you think a multi-ship series would work? A series of a small fleet, several crews, etc., meaning broader storytelling. So I would say, is that a bit like? The, although the reimagined Battlestar Galactica is very much Galactica is your A ship, but you still have other stuff going on across the civilian fleet. If it was like that, I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I think that'd be dope. That or we could even do like like Star Trek did an episode. Was it the Jadish? Was that the name of the episode? The Lower Decks? I um, probably... Wajdush. That uh, one. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've had to bloody say that in, in VOs. It's a nightmare. Yes. I'm like, I, it's some... <laughs> Klingon word, that was something I probably just pulled out of my ass. But... <laughs> so did they, don't worry. Yeah, but like that one, they they hopped between a few ships. But, I mean, obviously of different uh, factions, but mm. I mean, you can see that Star Trek has the ability to do it. Just make it um, uh, like overarching story maybe, but not necessarily episodic either. Kind of like how DS9 is an overarching story. It's not episodic. It's not serialized. It's well, until the like you know second half, it becomes very serialized. But you know, it starts off where it's got an an arching story. But you can watch an episode, and you're not going to you know, it might not have anything to do with the plot. Um, I think they could do something like that. 
really well where you're doing an overarching story that might involve all the ships at the end, but you don't realize it. And then you meet and get to know different, you know, three or four ships and it might somehow at the end create a overarching story in which all three of these ships might have been involved or something like that. Yeah. To show you how my brain has just gone by the end of the day, I was about to say they should do a series about a space station. Uh, forgetting that uh, there was Star Trek Babylon 5 <laughs> with that the roar of the fandom awakening <laughs> yeah sorry everyone sorry okay so thank you everyone for listening along uh, bear with us now while we do a little bit of a sum up first of all Bree thank you uh, thank you so much for joining us thank you for taking time out of your day uh, for all of the people who want to get in touch and find you online, where can they find you and what are you doing these days? First off, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, you can find me anywhere, really, uh, at Trekkie Bree. I'm on Instagram at Trekkie Bree. I'm on Twitter at Trekkie Bree. Um, that's like the only two I use. Uh, as for what I'm doing nowadays, uh, outside of working with you guys, I have a podcast of my own that I do sometimes. Uh, but that's D&D related. It's not really Star Trek, but I got to mix the nerdums. Yeah. I was going to say, as another D&D nerd, I can't believe we didn't mention it once during this whole episode. I know. <laughs> Next time, we'll go on a long tangent and bore everybody listening. Heck yeah. I'm D&D, awesome. I played it like five. I'm not kidding. I played, I think, four times this week because we had all of our sessions kind of pile up on one week. So oh, wow. I've done nothing but D&D this last week. <laughs> I've got it. Trek culture D&D. Yes. We'll do a special episode of the pod and we'll do a DD yes. session. Bring me in, coach. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll definitely do I that. I already have a ranger named uh to I think her name is Tapak or something, or to, to something. I don't think it's not actually a Star Trek name, but it's very similar, like female Vulcan name. I already got a ranger made. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Cool. By the way, I will actually join you for that one because DD is something I don't play often, but I do play. It's great, fun. great. Yeah, I played it for 10 years and then I moved and haven't played it since. But if I can find an excuse to play again, I definitely will. Yeah, I just actually found my first character sheet and I started playing in May of 2016 when Curse of Strahd came out. And then I've played nonstop ever since then. So yeah, so everyone listening, if you want to see a Trek Culture D&D campaign somehow (laughs) being played out online, get in touch. Let us know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah, because... I mean, we like we like geeks. I mean, this is me saying this. We like geek and nerd stuff. I just like everything. Just just to, as long as I can play with my ships during, I'm happy. <laughs> That's me. Um, obviously, myself and Tom have everything going on all the time. Uh, we have, of course, so ups and downs will be going on every single week for the rest of the series for Strange New Worlds and so on and so forth at Lower Decks and everything else. We have what else we have coming on at the moment, Tom? Uh, we've well, we've actually got some really interesting videos that I don't want to spoil because I don't think we're going to talk about them yet. Something a little different than we've done before. Uh, something involving me and our editor Martin. So when you guys see that, um, I think you'll be very uh, surprised. Well, not surprised. You'll you'll uh, have a, have some enjoyment because it was very fun to make and it is something slightly different than what we've done before. Mm-hmm. I, I I suspect I know what you're talking about. I think you will, yeah. I think I've seen screen pictures. <laughs> uh I hope I hope we've made that tantalizing enough for everyone. Uh everyone, if you're listening, please share this podcast. 
um, because the best way to keep episodes coming is that we know you're enjoying it. So please get yeah. in touch. Let us know. Of course, you're probably, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at Triculture. We're on Instagram at Triculture YT. Obviously, of course, we're on YouTube, Triculture. I'm at Sean Ferrick on Twitter. Uh, and at Tom C. Finn for the lovely Tom Roberts Finn. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us all and, you know, just you know, follow one and you'll just do a domino effect. <laughs> we're all, we're all, you're, you'll, yeah. you'll find us all. But most importantly, folks, thank you so much for listening along, for giving us your time. Uh, if you if you would be so lovely, we're a brand new podcast, depending on who you ask. So please share, please subscribe. And wherever you're going to, if you can leave a cheeky review as well, that would be lovely. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.